Fighting for freedom every day. They're learning at a young age. They're being taught the socialists control the ones that are blaming Republicans for being Nazis, for being fascists, the ones that are promoting some type of cancel culture, the ones that are promoting some type of agenda of uh, shadow banning. Realize at a young age that, hey, sure, you can have your freedom of speech, but we can block your funding. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is hour number two of the Voice of Reason, your weekend edition, the most entertaining, fast-paced conservative show you'll have all weekend long and great to have you with us here for the ride as well bottom of this hour really happy to have on alec torres he is a former speechwriter for the trump administration also former speechwriter for kevin mccarthy now speaker of the house and he is author of his own book persecuted from within we'll talk about the corruption within the catholic church which i know is a very scandalous thing to talk about so we'll have some fun doing it because we don't mind uh, poking the bear here on this program, and we'll talk about the ongoing issues uh, internally with the Catholic Church moving forward. So we'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Welcome back into the program. If you would like to find us, I usually I don't give this out enough, and I probably should do it more. You can find us on all of our social media on with our handle at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason, also HoosierReason.com. No I in Hoosier. It's just like the state of Indiana, but without the I, H-O-O-S-E-R reason uh who's your reason on our social media and our website at who's your reason.com we have our newsletter coming out next week and for those that are not subscribed to our newsletter i highly recommend that you do so by going to our website at who's your reason.com as soon as you go to the website you'll see a pop-up pop up and say do you want to become a hoosier holic and you say uh yeah hold on yeah there we go that's the right one yes yes i do want to become a hoosier holic and you'll type in your email. It's completely free. We don't spam you. We don't send you a whole bunch of crazy emails. We send you a once a month email that has our blog, some information about the radio show, new affiliates that we have, new partners that we're working with, and then some other great stuff that we do with the Hoosier Media Network as well. So go to HoosierReason.com, check that out. Also, if you want to find the podcast of the show, after the program every day, during the week and for our weekend edition, uh, we do upload it as a podcast. You can listen back to it. Listen to your favorite guests. If you missed any of it, then you can subscribe, have it automatically downloaded, and you can just find it as the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier on any of your favorite podcasting sites. All right, there it is. That's enough of that information. Last hour, we poked some fun at the Republican Party and our lack of consistency, to say the least, and Kevin McCarthy essentially working with Democrats to try and pass this budget. And as I said, in um, our last guest, Jason, made a great point. While we have two different styles of operating, the Democrats, they have their top-down theory. They have their leadership. They don't let anybody new in. They don't like anybody new coming up and rising in the ranks of the Democrat Party because that would make the old establishment, old guard, lose control. And therefore, they don't like that. And while they have their bickerings internally, I will never forget the looks, the glare of then-Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi when the B-Squad Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others were uh, murmuring during the State of the Union speeches, even under the Trump administration, the glare that she would give and how much Nancy Pelosi detested Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It was hilarious to watch. They have their internals and they are crumbling from within because now that they're actually getting their agenda, their agenda is becoming less popular. They always want to. And here's the thing. They don't care about polls. They don't care about the numbers. They don't care about the popularity of it. They care about implementing it because they know once they implement it, it's not going anywhere. That's the new starting point. That's the new foundation. And even if they lose an election because of their platform, 
They know it'll never go away. Republicans don't have a spine to repeal it and downsize anything. So once it's there, it's there for good. So they'll do something. They lose popularity. They lose an election. But they know that the pendulum will swing again at some point again. And when they get back in office, then they'll have a brand new starting point and they'll still have everything that they worked for. And that is the failures of the Republican Party, to be honest. But Democrats know that. So they don't really care about popular vote, but they are uh, starting to crumble from within. And it really started back during the Barack Obama administration because Barack Obama, while he was the cool, sexy, hip leader for the Democrat Party, the new guy, the new fresh face, the new fresh vision, the new idea, the fundamentally changing of the United States, remember that term, that what he did not do was he did not invest at the local, small, grassroots um, party levels. At the state levels, at the county levels, he didn't invest in those. He didn't put any time and attention into them. So the small grassroots levels, they stopped operating as efficiently as they potentially could. Republicans, and we have to applaud ourselves and pat ourselves on the back here, we're really good at doing the grassroots campaigning. We're very good at working at the local levels and getting people to go out and knock on doors and talk to people. Our grassroots campaigning is superb. And let's be honest, that's how Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got hers because she went outside of the Democrat Party and did hers, and that's how she was able to beat an incumbent that was there for like 20 years for that seat that she's in right now. Republicans, on the other hand, were more vocal about it. We're more, I guess you could call it transparent, but we're more open and public about our arguments amongst each other. We have no problem calling each other out. We have no problem um, challenging each other on a public level about our ideas and whether we're actually conservative or Republican in some way, shape, or form. We're very good at doing that publicly, which is positive and negative. It is positive because we get to see the arguments going on within the Republican Party. We know exactly where we stand. We know exactly where conservatives stand. We know exactly where moderates stand. We know where they stand. We may not like the bickering in the argument, but we know where they stand and we respect that. On the other hand, it does damage us because the media has a frenzy with it and they fuel that fire. And we end up beating each other up more so on the same side than what we do focusing on the Democrats. And we essentially, we don't lose elections because they beat us. We lose elections because we lose it ourselves. And I think that's the case for just about every election where Republicans have a close contested race and we lose. It's not because of them having better ideas. It's because we end up harming ourselves more so. But on the Democrat side, they're still going through their changes. They're going through their, I guess, puberty levels of what direction they want to go. They're trying to figure out what their future will look like. And right now they're at the crossroads. And there are a couple different candidates that are looking at the presidential run in 2024 outside of Joe Biden. Because we really have the three-way race right now. Joe Biden's obviously leading it, but we really have three different directions that we're going to go here. On the Democrat side, we have the old guard that is the Joe Biden that represents every politician that's been there for more than 30, 40, 50 years. The Nancy Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, the Joe Biden's, the Harry Reid's, even though Harry Reid's not there anymore. Those are the ones that just refuse to go away. And every year, the Dianne Feinsteins that are 90 years old that are up there, hey, do a roll call. Say I if you're here. I support this bill. What? Just say I. Come on, man. The Mitch McConnells that are up there that just freeze for 40 seconds at a time. That's one side of it. They refuse to lose power. They refuse to relinquish that power. And that is a large portion of Republicans and Democrats in Washington, D.C. But there's more and more speculation on whether Joe Biden will actually be that nominee going into 2024. So who's it going to be? There's a crossroads right now between the other two sects of the Democrat Party. 
There is the Gavin Newsom's that is the socialist, pretty progressive, maybe not as socialist as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's, but the more radical vision of the Democrat Party taking things to another level, even farther than what we've seen so far. And that's kind of a scary thought. Then we have the other side trying to hold on to the old guard of the Democrat Party, the Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s, who now apparently is considering running for the president as a libertarian. What? Oh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But let's focus on Gavin Newsom's side for a second, shall we? He essentially represents the, he's not an outsider, but I guess you could call it the outsider of the Democrat Party because he's not part of the old guard that have dominated everything, that have shunned any type of new candidate, that has shunned any type of new face of the Democrat Party, and he's risen to the state of California. And even though it's a complete disaster, Democrats still love him. Democrats still think that he is going to be a potential future presidential nominee for the Democrat Party, although now that he's starting to get that national recognition, he's starting to change his tone on things just a little bit, as according to the latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today? He's now vetoed a bill that has upset a lot of Democrats in the state of California as he vetoed AB 957 that would have allowed family courts to make custody decisions during a divorce and the separation of a family would allow the courts and a judge to make decisions on who gets to be the parent and who gets custody of the child based on whether the parents accept the gender-affirming decision of the child. (laughs) That's what AB 957 does. And while Gavin Newsom has been a hardliner for the LGBTQ ABC 123 community, He ended up vetoing this bill, which just shocked everybody. And the Democrats are losing their minds as Lori Wilson, part of the uh, General Assembly and a radical Democrat, said this. That parents affirm their children. They have since the dawn of time. Typically, it happens when their um, gender identity expression matches their biological gender. But what happens is when it doesn't, that's when the affirmation starts to wane. And that's what we're dealing with here. Although it's called the TGI bill, they're not mentioned anywhere in the law. What's mentioned in the law is the child's gender identity and expression and the parent's affirmation of that, whatever it is, because that is our duty as parents to affirm our children. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Is that your duty as a parent to affirm your child's decisions? Just to affirm just whatever the child agrees with you, you just go, that is the duty of the parent, right? I'm sure I can hear Mrs. Voice of Reason in the other room shaking your head and about ready to pop right now because I'm not sure if that's the role of an actual parent. What's your role as a parent? My duty as a parent is to protect them, to make sure they don't harm themselves, and to put them on the right path. They are children. They know very little We need to educate them and prepare them to make smart decisions and rational, reasonable decisions down the road. But according to Lori Wilson, the duty of a parent is is to just affirm whatever the child decides. And if the child decides as a minor living in your house, living under your rules, living under your household, eating your food, not working, but yet trying to educate and figure out life. If your duty is to just affirm everything they say then this bill would have said that if one parent doesn't agree with the child changing their gender and doesn't affirm with it, then they could lose their custody of the child during a separation and going into courts. 
Now, this is the level of lunacy that we've seen in the radical left Democrats. But Gavin Newsom, who's been on board with this whole agenda forever, vetoed this bill in the shock and awe from the Democrat Party, saying, according to his letter that he sent to the Congress from the office of the governor, that while he supports the LGBTQ agenda, I urge caution with the executive and legislative branches of state government attempt to dictate in prescriptive forms that single out one characteristic legal standards for the judicial branch to apply. Other minded elected officials in California and other states could very well use this strategy to diminish the civil rights of vulnerable communities. So in other words, he's playing it safe. And if this comes down to allow the courts to make this decision, then who's to say the Republicans can't use it as well down the road. He's changing his tone a little bit. The new Gavin Newsom that we could see trying to play it safe in the political realm for a potential move to become president of the United States, vetoing this bill, this AB 957, that would allow courts to decide the jurisdiction and the oversight and the uh, the parent the, the parental decisions based on whether the parent affirms with their children. <laughs> I still think that's a, that is the dumbest thing. And by the way, it was approved in the Congress. It was approved. All he had to do was sign it, and that bill would have been a new law in the state of California that based on whether you go along with your child or whether you tell your child what to do, that would have been the decision maker on whether you actually had custody of your own child if you went through the courts. Dude, dude, that's the level of stupid that we're at today. When we come back, though, the other flip of the coin is the side trying to bring back what the Democrat Party used to at least publicly represent here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I still can't get over this bill out of California. The fact that we have to pander to the children. We have to affirm whatever our children want, and therefore we're good parents. If we don't, then if we go through some kind of divorce, some type of separation, and the family courts have to decide with who gets custody, they're going to choose the parent that just goes along with whatever the child wants, giving them anything that they want. That's not good parenting. Sorry. That may be trigger warning for some parents out there. Be like, wait a second. What? No, what? absolute insanity on the other side though there is another flip of the coin that's trying and this is a very small at least in leadership this is a very small minority of the democrat party and if you are part of the old guard the blue dog democrat so to speak quote unquote and you think your party is getting out of control it's time for you to start speaking out really really loudly because right now you're losing influence drastically in the robert f kennedy jr types which i have to admit i like rfk jr obviously i don't agree with every policy that he has He's still part of the Kennedy family, so they're still establishment-esque. I don't take or like his stance on Second Amendment issues per se, but overall, he's a guy that you can sit down and have a conversation with. He's a guy that you can sit down and actually listen to and be like, you know, I at least understand the point that he's making. I at least understand how he's connecting dot A to dot B. And he rose really during the post-COVID stuff, going after Anthony Fauci and questioning a lot of the vaccine mandates. So he's already been labeled as the conspiracy nut. He's been labeled as the crazy guy. I get it. At the end of the day, though, he does represent 
a portion of the Democrat Party that is slipping away and dying off right now, which is why, according to uh, right now, DNYUZ.com, they see it. He's considering leaving the Democrat Party that made his entire family popular and running for president as a libertarian. Now, this is good and bad. And let's be very clear. While I enjoy Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and I would consider him being a great elected official in some uh, aspect, voting for him as a libertarian, I think, or him at least running as a libertarian, could drastically hurt the Republican Party because everybody that I talk to, at least, maybe this is different in your community, but everybody that I talk to, at least, when they talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., people that support him are Republicans. And if he's running as a libertarian, What's that going to do? Because, I'll be, again, this is very triggering for some that don't like this, and I totally understand why. But voting for third parties ruins your agenda and actually harms you more than it helps you. I don't like it as much as you do. I despise the two-party system as much as you do. But right now, we live in a two-party system. And when you vote for something major like a presidential race, a governor's race, you end up hurting yourself then you end up helping yourself. And the person that you least aligns with always gets in because you take away and you split the vote for the two candidates that are relatively on your side, the one that you want to at the third party, and then the Republican or Democrat that most aligns with you that actually has a chance of winning. Perfect example was here in the state of Kansas, this last governor's race where I'm coming from uh, with our flagship station. And uh, we had a governor's race. We had a Republican who was our attorney general. He was a decent conservative, not the most conservative guy, but he was a decent guy. And there was one legislator who despised him with an absolute passion. And I don't mind calling out his name on a national platform. His name is Dennis Pyle. He's a state senator. And he claims to be Mr. Conservative. And Mr. Dennis Pyle, Mr. Pretend Conservative, ended up running for the governor's race as an independent candidate because he despised Derek Schmidt, our attorney general and Republican candidate, who was going up against our very progressive Democrat current governor running for reelection. And guess the outcome? Wild guess. Our Democrat won, and she won by one and a half percent of the vote. Guess how many votes that Dennis Pyle took away in the election that would have voted Republican if he were not in the race? Take a wild guess. Two percent. If that candidate who got two percent, who knew he was not going to win, was not in the race, we'd have a Republican governor right now. And you can look at every race that had a relative challenger that was a third-party candidate sabotaging it for the ones that potentially could have done so. So my message to RFK Jr., please don't run as a libertarian because you're going to end up hurting the Republican Party and allow progressives to get back in. the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. As you know, we've been in years of decline economically with the Bidenomics that have created, well, the prices you see at the store today near 30% inflation on food alone, 15 to 20% inflation overall for all goods over the past three years. And while they say the economy is getting better, (laughs) yeah, that's why we're seeing oil at near $100 a barrel, and it's about ready to hit that over the next week or two. It's getting harder just to buy the essentials. You know that. Everybody knows that. And we need to accept what it is. It's the failed economic policies of the Biden administration. And it's time for us to unleash economic progress 
around the nation, which is why our friends over at Americans for Prosperity have launched a massive nationwide campaign uh, known as Bidenomics is Broken by letting everyone know the truth about what's going on with the economy. Whether it's and you can be part of it, by the way, whether it's knocking on doors, making phone calls, financially supporting the organization or just talking to your friends and family and neighbors around the area about what's going on. It's time that we bring some truth, reason and common sense back into the economy. And that's what Americans for Prosperity is doing. They are the country's largest grassroots organization that has chapters in every state with over four million advocates nationwide. And you can be part of that as well. For more information on how you can help this massive campaign for truth or if you just want the information to take the truth to the street, all you got to do is go to the website, americansforprosperity.org, americansforprosperity.org. Also, you can follow them on their social media at AFPHQ. Again, AFPHQ, follow them on their social media, see all the events that they're doing, be part of their tours here in Kansas. They just had a massive uh, statewide uh, uh, express, uh, Freedom Prosperity Express talking to elected officials and giving an update on the economy here in the state of Kansas. They're doing it in your area as well. Help reignite the American dream in your local community by calling out the failed Biden economic policies and do it with Americans for Prosperity. Great partners with us here on The Voice of Reason. Find them online at americansforprosperity.org. Real quickly, in the last segment, as we were advocating about the different parties, third-party options, I get it, and I don't want to upset people in the third parties because I understand you. I am libertarian myself as well. I totally get it. However, one of the missions we have on this program is to try and bring libertarians back into the Republican Party and have Republicans, or conservatives and libertarians work together to oust the establishment because I understand why the establishment ousted you and I feel bad for it. And they're trying to do the same thing to the conservatives as well. Don't let the moderate, wishy-washy establishment Republicans take over the party. Don't run away. Come back. Let's fight these things together. We can do it, but we have to unite and we have to do it with a louder voice. Running third party only hurts the agenda. It does not help the agenda, at least at this point in time. Let's get into our what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? I want to shift gears a little bit and do something a little bit different because while that's a great conversation, we can continue that on with hours of conversation. I want to bring on our next guest as really excited to have him on. He is a former speechwriter for former President Donald Trump. He's also a former speechwriter for Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, and he has ghostwritten for many individuals and now has his own book as well, Persecuted from Within, How the Saints Endured Crises in the Church. Really happy to have on the program with us here, Alec Torres. Alec, how are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Hey, living the dream. I really appreciate you coming on the show here. It's a fascinating topic because uh, I, I have to admit, our the younger generations like ourselves, I'm 34, I, I see large establishments, whether it's a church, whether it's a government organization, we see such low levels of trust in these established organizations that right now it's harming the church. And every time we hear about these scandals, every time we hear about things going on internally with the church, it doesn't really help the cause with trying to win people back over into it. What's going on right now? Yeah, it, I completely agree. We're just we're in a terrible part, uh, point of time, point of history for trust, trust in any institution. And it's a real danger. I mean, the problem is it's really justified. You look at it and you look at the country, you look at uh, major institutions from, you know, even institutions we used to trust, the military, the church, uh, local governments, you know, media, doesn't matter what it is. Um, yeah. People have lost trust for very, very good reasons, and it's because people running those institutions aren't worthy of our trust so many times. And it's good to point that out. There's nothing wrong with pointing that out, but there's a problem. And the problem is, frankly, we need a lot of these institutions. 
you know, we, we need the military. Uh, you know, we need government uh, in some uh, capacity, and we need the church. We, we, we need our faith. Uh, and you, the air that we can have here is that we can be so angry with, with problems, with, with sins, with wrongdoing, with corruption, with things like that, that we just give up on it and, and throw it all away and say, I'm done with it. Uh, but then we're going to be the worst for it, because in the end, somebody's going to use that power. Somebody's going to be involved instead of us, and things will go even worse than before. Yeah, that is very true. You worked, obviously, with the Trump administration as, as a speechwriter. Do you think that's one of the reasons why the American people voted for Donald Trump was because he was that outsider that essentially came in as the bull in the china shop, overturned a lot of the tables, and uh, opened the doors wide open for some of the backdoor deals, the behind-the-closed-door secret meetings that people thought were going on in Washington, D.C., and they wanted that person to do that. They very much did. There's, there's this anti-establishment tendency that's, that's really running throughout America. And, and, I mean, obviously, I'm on the right. I work for President Trump. You see it on the left, too. You see it among religious people. You see it among non-religious people. And, um, you know, people, people have this sense that, that the people in power are making decisions that they don't like and that, that, that aren't in their interests. And uh, and they want to respond to it. They want to blow it open in some way. So I, I very much think the President Trump election was was driven by this anti-establishment tendency. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I actually forgot to say right off the bat, too, I, I wanted to really just thank you for having me on, too, to talk about the book Persecuted From Within, because, you know, if, there, if anybody we all kind of understand that we're suffering persecution from within in all swaths of society right now. So I, I think it's an important topic. It is a very important topic, and I and I love to be able to talk about it. Let's talk about the church for a second. Uh, and I, I'll, full discretion, I am not Catholic, but I I do have strong faith, and I I watch the Catholic Church and it kind of what's going on with it. Because being in Kansas, being in the Bible Belt here, essentially, there are a lot of Catholics around here, and it seems to be a point of conversation. I mean, here in Kansas, we just had our latest report from the uh, from the Kansas Bureau of Investigations of over eighty different priests over the past couple decades. Uh, have claims be turned in about potential uh, cases of assault or sexual assault for children or for girls or whatever, uh, boys and girls, and it doesn't look good for the church. Why are these things coming out, do you think, now, and is this going to damage the church as a whole moving forward? There's, well, I hate to be, I hate to be negative about this, but things, this has been coming out for years, and um, there's a way. There's a way to look at this and feel very disheartened. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to make any excuses for it, frankly, because the church should be the most holy and moral uh, institution on earth. And anytime it fails to be to, to live up to that highest standard, um, that needs to be confronted and that needs to be corrected. Um, it, it is the 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 sins of the church hurt so much because of that. You know, when we see a politician doing something wrong. Uh, everyone kind of goes, well, you know, they're a politician. A lot of them are crooked. Let's be honest with ourselves. Right. Uh, we, we're not as surprised, but when somebody in the church does it, somebody that you that you want to trust, that you're supposed to trust, it hurts even more. Um, what I would say is, and and I, I think this book, you know, I know you're not a Catholic, but it can apply to Catholics and Protestants across the board, or really anybody of faith, because this is a problem that people face. Uh, yes, the Catholic Church is hitting some bad news cycles. We've had some bad people uh, who've done some very, very terrible things, especially to the young. But, I, I mean, other churches around the country, too, have faced their scandals. And I, I do not say that to let the Catholic Church off the hook. Like I said, I want us to be perfect. I, I want right. us to, to live out the Christian faith perfectly. But we all have to confront what do we do when those who are in leadership 
do bad things, when they don't live up to the faith? Do we throw up our hands and do we say, I don't believe anymore? I give up my faith? No, because if that's the case, our faith isn't in God. It's, it's in people. And, and if we, our faith is in people, we're not going to have it for very long. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Are you challenging your faith or are you challenging the institution that you associate your faith with? And I think that's a big distinction that people need to have. At the same time, on that political front, looking within the church, I know that there's been, again, conversation about the Pope and how progressive that the Pope has been and some of the political stances the Pope has made as well within the church, which we've seen a branching and almost a division within the Catholic Church, haven't we? We've seen some that go back to more traditional uh, lectures and traditional sermons to uh, some that are now in line with what the church is promoting, and I, I don't know the details of it, but it's it's fascinating to watch how the church itself is actually evolving. The the way that I've been describing, I actually just walked away from a conversation with somebody about this. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big Catholic, right? I, I love I, I love being a Catholic. I'm a convert. I tell everyone they should be Catholic, which is a tough which is a tough sell right now. I got to <laughs> be honest, uh, but I do love the church. And and somebody confronted me. They're like, "Well, I can't be. I couldn't be Catholic with a, with a pope like you have." right now. And, and, you know, I'm not going to say anything ill about the Pope, right? That's not my job right now. But what I like to tell him is, are you not American because we have a bad president? No, you you love your country, even if you don't like the leadership at that time. Uh, And, and, you know, I, we criticize those on the left who said, well, I, you know, they, they hated on America when Trump was president. Trump's not my president. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. You've got to love your country. You know, we owe this country something, and I'm, I owe my church something. So do I, do I have disagreements with the Pope? Absolutely. Of course I do. I'm going to have – I had disagreements with Popes that, I, frankly, I, I loved, and I loved a lot of the things they did. I mean, I have more now, of course, but you, you have to handle these things in a way that's for the benefit of what you're a part of. And when it comes to your faith – even more so. I, I can't do anything that's going to tear apart the faith. That's my family right there. That's, that's my heavenly family. And, and um, we got to lift that up, even if we have to point out things that are wrong sometimes. Amen to that. We're talking with Alec Torres. He's a former speechwriter for the Trump administration, also former speechwriter for Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, and ghostwriter for others up on the Hill as well. Author of the book, Persecuted from Within, How the Saints Endured Crises in the Church. Alec, we got to take a break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Oh, absolutely. Love to. Awesome. I love it. I love the conversation. When we come back, I want to focus on what we can do to fix it. And like you said, instead of just disregarding the entire faith because of an institution that may be broken or corrupted or attacking you from within, instead of walking away from it, how do you fix it? What can you do to move forward? So we'll do some of that with Alec when we come back right around the corner. Last segment of the Voice Reasons Weekend Edition, broadcasting coast to coast all over the place on multiple different radio stations. It's the Voice Reasons. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Last segment. Oh, how it flies right on by. Welcome back into the program as we shift gears a little bit away from the politics, although it's still an issue that we need to address within the political system as well. The lack of trust in the system. Does that mean the system is broken and we need to walk away from it? Or is it because of the maybe the leaders that are in there? Maybe it's how the system's working. We need to clean it up and do the uh, the deep spring cleaning, so to speak, in some way, shape, or form. As we hang out with the man himself. Right on! Let's do it! Rock that world! Rock that world! 
We're hanging out with Alec Torres. He is author of the book Persecuted from Within, also former speechwriter for the Trump administration. Uh, let's talk about, Alec, as we tease going into the break, ways where we can actually fix it instead of walking away from the system. And your recommendation within the Catholic Church or really any religious or political institution, how do we fix it? How do we step up and how do we fix that system to where it is appealing for people to be interested and come back into it again as opposed to just walking away from it? Yeah, I, I would distinguish, actually, uh, between a couple things. Sometimes, especially if it's in the in the world, you know, in the politics and stuff like that, maybe it is time to break the system. I think the media is, a, is an example of this where, you know, you're not going to fix the New York Times. You just got to stop reading them. You're not going to fix CNN. You just got to stop watching them. So that's the case. So so my the examples we get at in the book are more when it comes to something that, that you know, you're not the faith, the Catholic faith, the church. That's true. That you have to stick with. And that's something that you can't just say, we're going to ignore it and break it. So what do you do? And this can, this can be applied to our country. This can be applied to other faiths, too. And one of the, the prime things I figured out in researching this book, which looked at a bunch of really phenomenal Christian figures from throughout the history of the Church, was that these people, it might not be actually too popular advice here sometimes, but these people, they weren't as interested in defending themselves. They weren't as interested in, in defending their own pride or, or, you know, they're not the type of people who somebody would criticize them on social media and they start attacking them. However, when it came to the truth, when, when it came to what, what, what is true and what is false, what is reality and what is not, what, what really matters for other people and for themselves, for them to live a good and faithful life, that's when they became, that's when they started defending it. And, and it increased their credibility in many ways, because people looked at them and they said, you're not there just to defend your ego. You're not there because somebody called you a name or anything like that. You're there because you know that what is being said is wrong, and you need to be saying what is right. And you will firmly stand for the truth, and you won't budge when it comes to that. When it comes to yourself, let people hit you. That's fine. You know, they aren't going to hurt you. But when it comes to the truth, you got to stand by and defend that. I like that. Sounds a lot of like the Republican leaders right now where they kind of cower at their own shadow and they're afraid of saying something wrong when the media tears them apart. And if we just had more of the strength to just say what needs to be said, say the truth and to say the facts, then guess what? We're going to win every time, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, at a, at a bare minimum, we're going to have a chance here. You know, it, 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 there's some truths about the faith that are there. And, it, and it's gone even beyond that to stuff that, that people who, who don't even believe in God, frankly, can agree with us. Just saying things like men are men and women are women, you know, people cower in fear about something like this, and, and we can go out there and just be like, yeah, that's the case. And, and then people will clap because they're like, oh, finally somebody said it, you know, it's like, like marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Like, that's just what it is, okay? And that's becoming less popular nowadays, frankly, but my, my point is, is that when it comes to these truth claims, popular or not, you got to just stand by it and say it, and, and you'll find that there's people out there who are just breathing a sigh of relief, thankful that somebody's willing, and it'll give them strength to do the same. Yeah, amen to that, especially now with the younger generation. We look at uh, the latest polls, and conservatives under the age of 35 say that their priority is not economic issues, but is these social issues. And if we're out there actually speaking it and having that voice heard, that probably wouldn't be heard or be said otherwise than that we have to have our input in that conversation as it becomes more of a mainstream point as well. Alec, we got just about 45 seconds left here as we wrap up, but I got the most biggest, most important question for you the entire day. 
when in the world are we going to see the Catholic Church release all of the cool hidden stuff they have in the Vatican Library? That's what I want to know. <laughs> There's one thing I've learned about the Catholic Church. It's that they like to keep some things hidden in the backstage. It keeps people interested. So you want to right. find out, uh, you know, better join up. <laughs> That's right. I- I'm ready. I'm ready for that time machine to be released. I'm ready for it. I know they have that hidden away <laughs> in that Vatican Library. Alec Torres, the book is Persecuted From Within. Alec, I appreciate it so much, my friend. Keep up that fight. We'd love to get you back on again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it very much. There it is. Man, another one in the books. Podcast up in just a little bit. We appreciate Alec coming on the show. Very, very much. Very fascinating conversation. We'll do it again with him soon. Until then, we'll be back at it again next weekend. So much more to talk about. We'll see if our government's actually open by next weekend or not. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. Be that catalyst for change in your own local community. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Boonger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio. 